Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. And I'm Hauls Burkhart. And buddy, it's our first remote recording. Yeah. Giving this Here shit a are. shot. <laughs> so I think it's gonna work. It's gonna work fine, I think, you know. We talk on Discord all the time. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee it being any big issue. I like I was saying on the last episode, which was recorded um, I don't know, about a month ago. <laughs> A while ago, yeah. Um, uh, like I was saying, I've got a lot of experience through Blue Harvest recording podcasts like this, so I'm not worried at all. Um, but this is going to be a little bit of a looser episode, just so Steve and I can get our footings on the whole remote recording thing. we got a few topics we want to cover and all that stuff. So, um, buddy, I think everybody would like an update. How was the move? How's the new place? What's going on, Florida man? Oh man, you know, just sunshine and uh, nice weather. Been low 80s most every day and in the 70s some days, just really nice. Not too humid yet. The summer is just around the corner, I'm sure, and it'll be a little bit of a different story. But the move went about as well as it could. You know, hopped in the gigantic U-Haul and drove it about 11 hours. Whoa. Good time. Uh, but uh, yeah, no problems. Yeah, we're settling in. It's a it's a funny uh, comparison. You are in the sun and wonderful temperatures, surrounded by palm trees, beautiful surroundings. <laughs> Meanwhile, here in Birmingham, it is raining like hell right now. Mm. Yeah, man, I don't miss the thunderstorm life of Birmingham that much. Yeah, to tell you the truth. Yeah, and now you're now you just got to worry about hurricane season, right? Like, that's your big concern, that's right? Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty big concern. Yeah, you know? no doubt. Those things are scary as hell, but uh, I have a feeling, you know, we'll be okay. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so, uh, man, a lot of stuff has happened in the last month since we recorded. Like, yeah, it feels like forever. Since we've actually recorded. It, I mean, it literally was about a month ago this weekend that we recorded. Because, you know, like I said on that last episode, we banked a bunch of episodes to give Steve, like, a lot of time to be able to move and get settled and stuff. So, like, uh, I don't know, man. It's been weird. Like, the first Saturday after you moved, like, I just, because we had been recording every weekend for, like, three or four weeks, right? I just instinctively woke. It. <laughs> yeah, I just instinctively woke up on Saturday and was like, "Well, I should probably straighten up the house a little bit." Steve's going to come over to record. Oh, but dang man, yeah, I, <laughs> I do really miss looking into your face and beautiful eyes as we uh, make sweet podcast love to each other. Yeah, man. Now it's uh, now we're just cybering ASL. That's right. <laughs> you cybering. Up? <laughs> boy you want to talk about an awkward fucking teenage halls trying to pull off cyber sex in the realm realm online or or fucking <laughs> fucking uh everquest not knowing who's on the other end of that sexy elf avatar probably just another <laughs> dude that looked at me looked like me sheesh 
Um, so, uh, look, there's going to come a time when these do not happen anymore or as regularly because um, our time is, uh, you know, not over, but is getting s- shorter with Elden Ring. So why don't we do a little bit of an Elden Ring update because... That's all I've been playing for the last month. Pretty sure that's all you've been playing for the last month, with you know some exceptions here and there. So where what what's been going on in Elden Ring for you, buddy? So I have actually beaten the game. Yep, I became the Elden Lord, and immediately jumped into uh, a new game plus for a minute. But my build was so super overpowered at that point that it was just like a cakewalk, and I was getting a little bored. And so I started a new character. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that I'll be able to see this one through to the end, but I do kind of feel like my time with it is coming to an end as well. Not like, you know, forever, of course. I tend to play these from games over and over again throughout the years, but mm-hmm. I, I do kind of feel like it's it's time for something else. But I I've, have really loved my time with it, and I think we're going to record our review episode soon, uh, and we hopefully will have a nice little surprise for everybody with that. But I'm really looking forward to that one, man. Yeah, we've we've started planning our uh, Elden Ring Roundtable Hold episode, which, in in all honesty, could probably it'll either be like a super long episode compared to ep- other episodes, or we may even cut it in two pieces. You know what I mean? And and get two yeah. episodes out of it. But there's going to be guests. I. If if the guests can get comfortable enough to be who they are when we hang out with them in Discord, it may be one of the best podcasts put to digital tape. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot wait. I'm really excited. Oh, go fuck the pool. <laughs> Man. Um, so... You mean to tell me he went through all that because you farted in the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Go fuck the pool. Um, so I uh, I am the one, well, you know, besides Will. Will is taking Elden Ring very, you know, sort of slowly. He's, he is a man of many interests and, you know, he's a stay-at-home dad for his two kids. So he doesn't right. have the time to uh, um, put towards Elden Ring. But as of our... Um, hardcore Elden Ring sort of discord group. I'm the one that has yet to beat it. I'm getting close. You are um, getting real close. I, I even feel like maybe I could finish it off today or tomorrow, depending. But I am still loving it. Like, And, and I think it's a testament to the game that I the last I looked, I had put 113 hours into... She- this playthrough and it's never it it has yet to get to the point where i'm like oh shit i should just you know forget all the side stuff that i'm trying to do and just power through and beat it because you know sometimes it happens with long games you can definitely you can run out of Mm -hmm. gas towards the end right it's (laughs) happened with the yakuza games i hate mm -hmm, to say just mm -hmm. because (laughs) because after like you know 80 hours in yakuza zero i was ready to beat that game yeah and i know so awesome and i totally get it and like i don't think it takes away from a good game it's just like with a long game sometimes you know you're just ready to wrap that shit up and i'm actually i feel like it's kind of the opposite for elden ring where i'm like oh well there's this other thing i could go do um I need to go find this thing that I never found or this side quest I never did. It's almost like I'm sort of delaying the end a little bit. Um, right, right, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, still rocking the Sword of Night and Flame, despite the uh, nerf. Uh, yeah, man, look, those those games are designed to where all games are viable from beginning to end pretty much. So if, yeah. you, if you tend to use one weapon the whole time, that's there's nothing wrong with that at all. And... uh um, I went and got uh, Black Knife Tish yesterday uh, uh, from your suggestion, from your recommendation. Yeah. Uh, loving that summon so far. That she is, she is so awesome. She's yeah. so aggressive and and hits really hard. And I mean, she will. To me, was a lot better than the mimic, but my that might have just been a referendum on my character too. So we, well, maybe we shouldn't even talk about that. You know, my mimic. <laughs> is pretty powerful and that's been the one I've been using for the longest time since I got it you know I I sort of 
completely upgraded the Mimic to its max, you know, upgrade plus 10 or whatever and have been sticking with that. But like you were saying, my Mimic, he's kind of dumb. And I think, it, like, maybe it's copying me too much. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I need you to be a little <laughs> smarter than I am, dude. <laughs> so, uh, you summon him and he just fucking pulls out a bong. and <laughs> Yeah, takes a big rip and starts coughing while he's taking a bunch of damage. I'm like, how did you learn that? What kind of advanced AI bullshit neural network bullshit are you doing here, my man? You got me, Miyazaki. You really got you me. You got me one. good, man. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying Elden Ring. I don't know. It's hard to say, like whether I will do a new game plus or start a second character. Like, I know I won't do it immediately because I have other yeah. things I'm ready to that I'm looking forward to moving on to and playing. Um, not to mention, you know, the second season of uh, Halo's content is going to be starting. Um. About a month. Yeah, it'll be three weeks or so, and you know, I'll definitely want to check that out with you guys. And I'm hoping that reignites Halo Nights at least, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it will. I think it will too. But uh, you know, I could definitely see there. There's two things I could see happening. I could see there being a lull in game releases where I, um, you know, hypothetically catch up on some of my backlog. Or mm -hmm. DLC. DLC would definitely draw me back in to Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. And there will be DLC. I don't know. I'll have to look up how long it typically takes them uh, from front-end release to the DLC. I yeah. want to say it's probably going to be at least a year. And can I say, man, if there's one thing I wish hadn't happened is I wish you hadn't started that new game plus because mm -hmm. I'm... There's a boss who I have fought, and it's just a, a boss in a minor dungeon uh, where I have not been able to beat this boss, even with my fully upgraded Black Knife Tish. And boy, would I like my buddy Steve's help on that. Not to mention that I'm coming up real quickly on fighting what is widely oh. considered to be the hardest boss in the game. It's <laughs> not the final boss of the game. It's completely optional, in fact. Right. We, and we could, we could even talk about the little bit of crazy craziness that happened in the Elden Ring community this oh, week with that. Where I the, love it. The, let me solo her. Yeah. Uh, so the hardest boss in the game um, has just been wrecking people. And she wrecked me. And we'll get into that on the, the review episode. But I, I rammed my head into that wall for quite a while. An entire so, weekend. Right. Pretty much. And... So about a week later, there was these Reddit threads that started showing up about, oh, man, I, I was fighting her and I summoned this guy and his name was just let me solo her. And he showed up and all he was wearing was a jar on his head and nothing else than a loincloth. And he was dual wielding, I want to say katanas or something like that. Mm -hmm. But typically when you see a naked dude in a Souls game, they're tough. They're tough. Yeah, they know what they're doing. And so this guy would proceed to beat the toughest boss in the game by himself without getting hit. And it's even it's even more impressive when you consider when you you, you summon somebody the boss gains extra health. Mhm. Mm mhm. So yeah, the... it just became it just became kind of a thing. People were reporting on like, "Oh man, he helped me out too." And then uh people were doing this fan art. Uh I saw a really funny one recently which was a, a riff on The Shining where the boss was sitting in the bathroom screaming and you saw the katanas <laughs> going through the door and the jar poking his head in. That's <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah, oh, The man. Legend of Let really Me good. Solo Her has been one of my favorite things to come out of Elden Ring. And I have yet to even fight that boss, but I just know for like I said, and pretty much an entire weekend like, you know, Steve or buddy Nick our buddy Jeff, Will, and myself all sort of hang out on Discord and just chat while we play Elden Ring if we're not playing something together. And, you know, Steve, you guys know, you've listened to this for like 47 episodes or whatever. He's like a jovial, fun guy. Whole, <laughs> my, there, there was a quiet Steve for a Friday night and a, and a Saturday night, occasionally punctuated with... I can't beat her. What the fuck? 
<laughs> oh man, it was frustrating. And I've definitely bounced off my fair share of Souls bosses and Bloodborne bosses and Sekiro bosses through the days, but this was definitely one of the more more annoying ones. Like, but by, by the time I I finished the fight with this one, finally beat her. Like, I didn't even have that sense of like, you know, I fucking did it. Like mm-hmm. I did with the other ones. Like I did it. I just felt like I got lucky oh, and ho, was ho. able to like the RNG for her was like kind to me that one time. And it's it's one of my least favorite fights in a Souls game of all time too. We, we oh. can talk about that another time. Yeah, there, there, there's this all stuff. We're gonna like I said, we're gonna have a massive episode or two giving our full thoughts on Elden Ring. Put the bow on Elden Ring at least until DLC comes out, right? Right. So, um, so I'm, I, I know you probably read up on it a little more and I sort of skimmed it and got the basics, but man, is this Activision Blizzard shit getting even fucking crazier? Like, yeah, pretty wild. So this week, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, um, our buddy Nick's favorite, uh, video game journalist, <laughs> he um reported that the governor of california gavin newsom newsom is being accused of interfering in the blizzard activision lawsuit in favor of blizzard and activision right that's the sort of gist right right? yeah somebody resigned from the the team of lawyers and yeah dropped these bombshell allegations you know yeah and like guys like when you get it maybe it's just because i'm not the kind of dude that would do this kind of fucked up shit if i was in charge of a company at least i'd like to think i wouldn't but when you get caught with your pants down in such a fucking phenomenal fashion like in such a major way to me the best way to handle it is be like hey guys yeah uh we fucked up there's a lot of shit wrong. We're going to fix it. Not like try to weasel out of it and buddy up with the ca- the governor of your state to get l- leniency and stuff like boy mm-hmm. man. And yeah. you, you know old buddy Phil Spencer is sitting in his fucking office with all kinds of easter eggs on the shelf behind him going like <laughs> so much Elden Ring merchandise. <laughs> guys, wrap this shit up. We we're buying you for billions of dollars. Like, straighten your shit out. Like, you're all going to be fired once this shit goes through anyway. So just get your shit taken care of now. Yeah, for <laughs> real, man. And then, like, I can just see it now, right? A couple years from now, I guess it's not going to be at an E3 because the future of E3 looks kind of fucking dicey at yeah, best. Um, did Jeff Ke- Did Jeff Keeley kill E3? I don't know if I mean he was probably a factor with the Summer Games Fest. You yeah. know, like was this was this like the murder of Godwin the Golden? Was was Jeff Keeley like on the wearing wielding a black knife in the black dead of night? Knife Keeley. <laughs> um, Just murdered E three. Jeff Keeley the smug. <laughs> um, I can just see like you know. They'll do like their Xbox conference and they're like, guys, we are so excited to show you what's in store over the next 12 months for Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. At our conference today, we're going to be showing you such future titles as Fable from Playground Games, Halo Infinite 2 from 343, you know, whatever the shit. Perfect Dark. Infinite. (laughs) Yeah. Halo Infinite Er. <laughs> and this showcase is going to feature over 42 games that will be coming exclusively to Xbox consoles and Xbox Game Pass. But before that, we want to welcome the teams at Activision and Blizzard to our family. We pride ourselves on being an open, an accepting, diverse community of gamers, developers, and 
shit i lost oh shit i lost steam on it uh gamers <laughs> developers and members of the xbox family that's why we are excited to announce shame nfts that's right <laughs> as of right now you can go on OpenSea and buy the bobby kotick shame nft <laughs> and they just release it's nfts made, that shame all the fucking shitheads at activision and blizzard this may be an nft that i'm actually interested in buddy if, like i could if, if like it gives me like bobby kotick's private cell number and i can just text him yeah, like no, uh for every nft that's sold an mma fighter just punches bobby kotick in the gut <laughs> real hard yep i'd definitely buy an nft for that fuck yeah i would too that's what the NFT is, is it's a video of Bobby Kotick getting punched in the gut. Yeah, you get a live <laughs> video that is yours to keep and do with what you will of him getting punched <laughs> in the stomach. <laughs> they could use the guy from Jackass. Butterbean? Francis Ngannou Oh, guy. okay. No, the, yeah, one yeah. From the, the one from the newest movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Butterbean would work too. That dude hits really hard. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite as an aside one of my favorite moments from one of the jackass movies is when johnny knoxville fights butterbean and oh gets a God. concussion and when he comes out of it he goes is butterbean okay <laughs> yeah that was scary like he was snoring uh-huh. uh when he got hit after that they, they just walked into a random department store and <laughs> had a little boxing match and he got knocked out hard buddy Oof. Have you 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 were there both times that our buddy Will passed out and was snoring? You remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. One I, I remember the one, I remember one time at the Nick for sure. Yep, at the Nick we were all sitting outside on the bench outside and Will just slumped over like cartoonishly, like slapsticky and started snoring yeah. to the point where I thought, I thought it was, was a bit. Me too. I thought he was taking a piss, having a laugh, you know. And like, then that, what, what's going on? He became sleeping. real fucking evident that that wasn't it. And then one time we were all in the backyard at Brad's house when he lived on bourbon, right? Mm -hmm. We were probably all over there for a Bama game or a UFC night or something. And Will came out that sliding glass door, you know, that, you know, that you would oh, yeah. go out to, to go to the backyard. And he just stepped out, seemed fine. And then just collapsed and started snoring. Jeez. That is scary, man. Sounds like narcolepsy, you know. I think it's a, a blood pressure thing. I think it's something that he actually ended up getting addressed, and I don't think it's happened in quite a while. But yeah, that's good. Man, that scary. is creepy. <clears throat> so another thing that has happened since uh, since you moved is we're starting to get all these announcements about next gen games that are going to be. Um, using Unreal Engine 5. We knew this was coming, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, there was the Matrix demo, like that uh, Enter the Matrix uh, tech, tech demo or whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And now, they're, like, it, it started with one specific game, which, by the way, Steve and I have called since probably day one. It's been a running joke about this game on this podcast. But... Um, so some of the games that have been announced to be using Unreal, Unreal Engine 5 are the next Tomb Raider game. Crystal Dynamics came out and said they're working on a new Tomb Raider game that's going to feature Unreal Engine 5. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to be on Unreal Engine and the next game in the Witcher franchise. Yep. And Geralt me... is coming back. Oh, well, I don't know. So that's, that is something we can discuss. But how many times have we made the joke that after the shit show that was Cyberpunk's initial release, how quickly oh, yeah. those dudes started drafting up ideas for... <laughs> yeah, uh, The Witcher 4. The Witcher now, 4. We, could, we could get a Siri game, I guess. So that, we'll jump that into that. Sense. We'll jump into that in a second, um, but I did want to bring up something uh, that I thought was relevant to this, and that is the sales of Cyberpunk 2077, mm. because mm -hmm. this week, um, this previous week, they started doing um, 
or they did like their sort of financial update or their right yeah right. whatever they touted they touted their sales as like this positive thing yeah right? it was 18 Wasn't it like, million right 18 million which but, is by any metric that is an incredibly successful great game. numbers but but it w- weren't all those numbers like in the first week of sales like just about like 90 percent of them maybe so yeah that is where the wrinkle comes into play right so at launch, Cyberpunk sold 14 million copies. An incredible success. You have to imagine that a, a fairly large number of those were pre-orders that people didn't cancel or weren't aware of the review situation of that game or the technical situation of that game. So in you know a year and a half or whatever, they only added... Four million. Once again, now, you know, not that four million is bad, but when a game launches at fourteen million copies, you it is expected that it is going to have quite a long tail, and will probably double that number in time. Right. So, the drop off in sales from that initial fourteen million is the real, like, um, it's the real yeah, thing a... to look out there. Like they totally killed the tale of that game if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah when you launch with 14 million it should only go up uh you know it, it definitely shouldn't tail off at 18 million like a year and a half later no that's for sure no and and it will be interesting to watch the course of that game now that it's seemingly in a pretty decent spot after lots of patches and everything in the next gen patch like, I imagine they'll pick up some more sales, but, like, will there be... So, you know, they, they did announce that Cyberpunk DLC is scheduled for next year. So they're clearly trying to support it some more and, and keep the train rolling. But at this point, is it... There's two ways it can go, right? Um, they can write the ship as much as they can and then come back with some sort of sequel you know, a few years down the line and hopefully correct the story of CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk, or it's a dead meme. (laughs) And this is the only thing we see Cyberpunk related from them. I think they're going to try because I think regardless, there's a lot of interest in the developer and the the property, right? But it's hard to say. (laughs) It's hard to say what's going to go with that. Um, And also, um, you know, they recently announced that they were taking over the the handling of the next gen Witcher 3 version too. Yeah, which man, I have been holding off. I've had a and I think Elden Ring has a lot to do with it. I have mm-hmm. um had a real strong desire to go back to the Witcher 3. Like I think part of it is like I said I'm playing a really good open world dark fantasy RPG right now. And secondly, I kind of want a story that's a little spelt, more spelled out for my dumb ass because I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on in the Elden Ring story. I know it is it is weird, and that's that's usually another thing about From. It usually takes me like two or three times of, of playing the game just to even kind of get a handle on what's actually happening. Yeah, but there's you know Vati Vidya is starting to put out some YouTubes, so if you're confused, I suggest you go with him. He put out a lore video. Yeah, recently. And, I, and I'm going to. But I want to beat the game first. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so they keep yeah. they keep getting recommended to me on YouTube, and I'm like, not yet. Don't watch this shit yet. Um, yeah, because you've dip, you've dipped your toes into some Souls content on YouTube, which mm-hmm. which delights delights me to no end. It's Iron Pineapple, right? That's who you've been checking out. Yeah, I, I, Iron Pineapple. He's a he's a pretty fucking solid Souls YouTuber, and. I watched some of his Demon Souls videos, I think. But what I really enjoyed and <clears throat> what I think he does a really good job with and I could recommend to anybody listening is, is he has a series of videos. Excuse me, I'm drinking an iced coffee and it is giving me the hiccups. Um, um, what really impresses, or the videos I really liked of his is he'll have these videos or the, that are like, I played 10 unknown Souls-like games so you don't have to. So he'll go on to like Steam and look under the Souls-like genre and just get fucking doo-doo feces games 
<laughs> and and play them and show how bad they are and stuff. And every now and then, then he he will come across one where he's like, you know what, this isn't that bad. It could use a little work here and here, but overall, it's not that bad. They're they're really entertaining. Yeah, and what was one of his favorites? Um, Jedi Fallen Order. He really liked Jedi Fallen Order, which made me very happy. There you go. Good. Um, That's you guys are kin. I want to I want to throw out Lobos Jr. If anybody else wants to uh, check out some other Souls YouTubers, he's a good one. I really like him a lot. He's kind of been around for a while. Um, so as far as the next gen upgrade for Witcher Three, it's a bummer because I've been looking forward to that. I never played the DLC for Witcher Three. You know, I, I bought them um, mm-hmm. and just never got around to them. I want to do one big final playthrough of Witcher 3 where I do everything and then close the chapter on that game and then obviously we can do a Witcher 3 episode but yeah they um, had initially given the development of the next gen version of Witcher 3 to the same company that did the Switch port I believe Um, which might I add how fucking crazy is it that they were able to figure out how to get a decent version of that game on the Nintendo Switch. Pretty crazy. Like, I was literally, as soon as you said Switch port, because I had forgotten it, yeah. hadn't even gotten ported to the Switch. In my mind, I was like, wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's like 30 frames per second, but who cares, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing to me. So, I was, um, I'm, you know, and still really working, looking forward to it, but... It was initially uh, sort of scheduled for the second quarter of this year, which we're technically in. So, you know, probably something that had initially been planned to launch before like June, the end of June or whatever. And they announced that it's quote unquote indefinitely delayed and that they're finishing it up in-house. Now, I think it is uh, an important piece of information to mention the company that was working on it was a Russian developer. And given everything right. that's going on between Russia and Ukraine right now, like, I think it's a good move. <laughs> you know, like, you're seeing a lot yeah. of companies, um, I think rightfully so, pull f- support from Russian developers and stuff right now because of the situation. And it's one of those things that sucks because it's not like necessarily these Russian video game developers are... Uh, supportive of the horrible shit that's going on in Ukraine, but people are trying to put as much pressure on Russia as possible to knock that shit off, right? Basically. Yeah. Um, And I did see the guy, um, one of the guys from CD Projekt Red said, like, look, it's not delayed by any huge amount of time. Like, <laughs> he, he basically said, like, come on, I know you hear... Um, indefinitely delayed and you think that means like a year or plus delayed that's not the case so hopefully maybe it's just in the fall this year or something we'll see yeah and that's fine you know (laughs) honestly because the witcher is that's that's at least a hundred hours we're going in yeah i mean i probably put a hundred hours into the base game the first time i beat it that's not including the dlc now i would I think it, that included the first DLC for me. Oh, okay. Uh, Heart, was it Hearts of Stone? Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. what it was called? Yeah, and that one was really awesome. I just wove that into the the main story because you can kind of do that. Whereas with, I feel like Blood and Wine, it's kind of its own thing. Right, right. Which I, I never played through that one. So I hear I it's really my, good. Uh, me too. I saved a nice little little chunk for me me there for the next gen version so i'm just i'll when you do it i'll do it and then we'll do a kick-ass witcher 3 episode oh i can't wait so to circle back around to the next game in the witcher franchise witcher 4 i kind of think it's probably going to be like you know the witcher and a subtitle i don't know that they're going right. to call it witcher 4 necessarily Witcher Four. um we got an email from our buddy colton about this very thing and i figured this could sort of kick off any uh, speculation or discussion we had about the next game. So check this out. Hey, Halls and Steve. I've been listening to Blue Harvest for a while now and started listening to High Potion when it started up. But this is my first time sending anything in to either. Anyways, I saw the new Witcher Saga announcement yesterday and immediately thought of you and Steve. I'd like to hear what you two think about this and also 
How would you make the next game if you had the opportunity? For instance, is this going to be similar to Witcher 3 in that everyone plays the same character, but you have the freedom within that character? Or do you think that they could try something more similar to Elden Ring, be beginning in that you customize your character and then maybe like choosing your Witcher school determines your starting stats? I don't know. I think I'm going to love it either way. I understand this may be a topic of an upcoming episode, but wanted to bring it up, bring up my thoughts anyway. P.S. I'm about 45 hours in Elden Ring. First Souls game I've successfully played. Made build, mage build and have beaten Godric and Ranala. Thanks, Colton. Well, kick ass, Colton. It sounds like you're doing pretty good in Elden Ring, buddy. And considering this email is from March 22nd, I'm hoping you're quite a bit further along. Yeah, man, that's really cool. Uh, I really liked his ideas for The Witcher, honestly, like how you could just kind of customize a guy and just go after it. You know, you're just not necessarily somebody from the stories. You're just kind of making your own story out there. Yeah. Kind of like that. I like that, too. Now, I was always kind of under the impression, like you mentioned earlier, that the next game might be Siri. Like you would play a Siri, and I was totally down right. with that. I think Siri's a kick-ass character. But the poster, the teaser poster that they released, leads me to believe that it's probably going to be somebody else. Because the poster has one of the Witcher School medallions sort of buried in snow. And they've confirmed that it's a new Witcher School that they're introducing in this game, and it's the Lynx School. Oh, interesting. So if that is anything to go by, I kind of think they might create a brand new protagonist that is from this, you know, here to unrevealed or unintroduced Witcher school. And that just, to me, it seems a little more in line with the history of their games and stuff where you do have a set main character, right? that mm -hmm. goes through this narrative. I think the way they like to tell the narrative of the Witcher stories, you kind of have to have a set character with a set. You know, you you could always do the Mass Effect thing where there's multiple backgrounds you could choose from that slightly alter story and dialogue choices and stuff like that. Right. Um <clears throat> I'm excited for it though cuz I love the oh, Witcher sure. Witcher universe. Now, Me too, man. You know what I think would be really fucking cool? Um, and I know I always circle back around this. Like anytime I play a game, I'm like, I'm like, what if this game was a MMO? But can you <laughs> imagine like a Witcher online where you go in, you make your Witcher, you choose the school they're from, and then it's just a big MMO? Like I could see that being kind of cool and being a little more in line with what Colton is talking about. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, it lends itself well to that kind of thing, like going into your big hub town and picking up jobs, uh, you know, to go out and kill monsters where, mm -hmm. you know, they spawn or whatever. I could totally see it. Um, My only question is whether they're going to bring back Gwent. Oh, I bet you they do, buddy. Like, Gwent was such a fucking standout feature of 3. This is the thing. I could see them trying to do one of two things. Either either they just enhance Gwent with more cards and stuff, and it's like Gwent 2.0, for lack of a better term. Or they're like, you know what? We pulled off Gwent. I bet you we can pull off something else just as cool. And But regardless, there will be a game within a game in the next Witcher. I would almost guarantee it. Yeah, I really hope that it's Gwent, personally. Me too. I don't, Me too. I, I don't, I, if they want to make, like, <clears throat> all different factions or whatever, that's fine. I'm good with that. They don't necessarily need to completely repeat what they did, but that was such a good idea. Yeah. It's hard to see them coming up with another idea that's just as good and ties into the lore of The Witcher so well, you know? Right. <laughs> um. One thing I did see that I, I thought was uh, nice was the guy who is the director of the new Witcher game. Somebody asked him about Crunch, because that is something that CD Projekt Red took a lot of flack for in the lead up to Cyberpunk's release. And his response was like, not on my watch. Now, yeah. 
will that be true? Will, you know, is, is that just the, the good thing to say? So you get headlines and everybody's like, oh, cool, they learned. Or, or will they actually execute on that and make sure that doesn't happen? That remains to be seen. But yeah, we won't know until probably later in the development, you know? Yeah. That's typically when that stuff starts happening and they're trying to hit deadlines. But, you know, just take your time. Yeah. It's and a new it, engine. <coughs> yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, uh, this engine shit, right? Like, I remember being a kid and into a teenager and a young adult and being aware of engines and knowing, like, what the Unreal Engine was or the engine that um, the Elder Scrolls games used and just being like, oh, okay. But, man, do I feel like I know more about engines <laughs> now and how the wrong engine... Like, for instance, I'll use Mass Effect Andromeda, right, as an example. They developed that on the Frostbite engine. Frostbite is a engine that DICE created for their games. Right. And EA like Battlefield. Was, yeah, EA was like, well, let's just make that our proprietary engine for all our in-house developed games. But then what that caused was BioWare had to try to tweak and cram in a Mass Effect game in an engine that was built for a first-person shooter. And you run into problems with that, right? Like, So, on one hand, I can see the desire to use your own proprietary engine because you don't have to pay licensing fees to Epic to use Unreal or to Unity or whoever it is you use. But then, on the other hand, if your engine isn't going to work well for the type of games you're going to make, I would rather you go with unreal which is you know vastly more adaptable and you can tweak and stuff and there's tons of support and experience for that engine so i'm excited i'm excited to see what uh unreal engine 5 produces for these next gen games me too man um you know another thing that happened in the layoff here in between us recording was that cindy and i finished the last of us too ah i meant, and, for, meant to ask you about that how did that go uh it went really well like i tend to get pretty emotional at the end of that game yeah um the last part is really tough to watch even necessarily control so um <clears throat> but it was really awesome and like just thinking about the new engines and how you know how they're going to be able to improve on stuff like we see in that game blows my mind you know yeah. like that it's already getting to uncanny valley levels for me in some of that stuff yeah so um, you know like I'm really looking forward to it i i think a lot of it has to do with covid obviously but uh there has been in my opinion a bit of a lack of super awe-inspiring wow next-gen moments you know I've, I've had a ton of fun on my PlayStation 5 and my Xbox Series X, but I've yet to see that game where I was like, oh, you know, this is... Totally this, agree. You yeah. know, like, there's been impressive moments. Obviously, Demon Souls looked incredible. Um, mm -hmm. Everything I've seen of the PlayStation 5 version of Horizon Zero Dawn looks really good, but once we get to the point where they're solely developing for these next-gen consoles, that's when we're going to start seeing the really impressive shit, and that's what Unreal Engine 5 is going to bring to the table, I think. Cause... Agreed, agreed. Because like, you look at a game that's coming out this year, like God of War, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm very excited for it. Like That game's going to kick ass, but it, it's not going to be that much better graphically from what we saw, I feel like, in the PlayStation 4 Pro version of God of War. Yeah, I, I agree. Know, it, I think it'll look really nice. I think the PlayStation 5 version will look really good. But, you know, you're you're splitting development between two platforms. Exactly. Uh, you know, previous gen and current gen, right? So once you're able to really focus on current gen solely, and part of the reason that, obviously part of the reason they haven't done that has been how hard it is to get your hands on these fucking consoles, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did see, and we've talked about this a couple of times, um, apparently the Xbox Series X is becoming a lot easier to get a hold of now, which is nice to see. Right. Mm -hmm. and, Glad to see that. Um, 
I, I've seen some reports on this, and I don't know, so I don't want to be like, this is exactly what happened, or this is 100% accurate. But I was reading um, maybe a week or two ago today that apparently Microsoft paid for quote-unquote chip priority so that they could produce <laughs> consoles faster. And That's like amazing, um, fucking masterstroke. You know what I mean? Like, and and what's funny is the context I saw it in were people being like, "Yeah, but Microsoft had to pay for chip priority because that's the only way that people will buy Xboxes than instead of Playstations is that they're easier to get right now." And it's like, well, dudes, that's kind of business. Like, you mm-hmm. you want to talk shit for years about how. Few, how many fewer consoles Xbox is selling than PlayStation? Well, all Phil Spencer is going to break out the massive, massive fucking Microsoft checkbook, and he's going to do something about that. And like, you know, obviously, I'm a fan of both consoles. I'm a I'm an Xbox fanboy. I'm a PlayStation fanboy. But it's nice to see Xbox get the occasional win after the last eight or nine years that they've been taking their lumps. You know totally agree man and it's going to be nice when they finally start getting some some actual exclusives on Mm -hmm. uh big time exclusives on the console too you know yeah well because like you know halo is nice don't get me wrong halo Halo is is very good yeah but it's more they need more than just halo and that and that's always been they need more than halo and gears of war and for the longest time microsoft was able to sort of skate by on Halo and Gears of War, and then, you know, there was the awkward transition of development from the original developers of those series to the new teams, to the Coalition in 343, and they were growing pains, without a doubt. Say the least. Um, and Game Pass is excellent. Game Pass is incredible. I love Game Pass. Game Pass can carry your console quite a long way, but at the end of the day... You can scream into the skies, you know, day one Xbox exclusives available on Game Pass, but they, they actually need to materialize and they need to be good, right? So mm-hmm. despite the headway that Microsoft is making in the market, they've got a lot of work ahead of them too. So hopefully they're just able to pull that off. And I think I, I do have a good feeling about them this go around. Me too. I, I... We're going to see Starfield at the mm-hmm. end of the year, which is going to be a big deal release. That I is think, a big one. Yes, that is going to be a very big one, and I can't wait for that game. I'm ready to see gameplay, you know, like all the concept art looks incredible. The teaser trailer looks incredible, and I think this summer we'll start to get gameplay considering, you know, it's less than a year until that game comes out. Um, I'm really excited for that. Now, too, speaking man, of I Game Pass, another thing that happened was, uh, and that we talked about because it was a big time news story in sort of the console gaming rumor mill, was PlayStation announced their uh, restructuring of PlayStation Now slash PlayStation Plus to be more of something like a Game Pass type um, service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about this? What do you think about what they're going to have for offer and all that stuff? So I'll be interested to see what the back compatibility brings. Mm-hmm. That's my, my main thing. Cause they're not going to put like the good exclusives on there from what I understand, like Microsoft does like not so, day know, one, you, you at least. Get, not day one. Right. Maybe at some point, but so it, for me, it'll all come down to, whether or not I can go play like NBA Street Volume Two, yeah, or you know any other old games that I, I haven't been able to play. Some place, you know, I don't expect PlayStation Three stuff. I know I'm realistic about that, but the PlayStation Two and earlier, plus the handheld stuff PSP, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the current day, the PlayStation Four and Five stuff. Okay, that's interesting enough to me. You know. Um, and I could see some value in that, but I'm much like you where the backwards compatibility stuff, stuff older than PlayStation four is of more interest to me. And as part of their announcement, they announced that, you know, a selection of PSP, PlayStation one, PlayStation two games will be available to download and play. 
and PlayStation 3 games are going to be download or not going to be downloadable. They're going to be streaming, um, which you can do in PlayStation now as as it is. And um, I have tried it, and you know, I've got pretty fucking rock solid internet. That's always a, a priority with with Jesse and I both being working from home. You know, we need our internet to be pretty solid. Not to mention the gaming and streaming and shit I do, right? Right. And even with that, the PlayStation Now, PlayStation 3 stuff was not great. There is definitely input lag. You know, it doesn't necessarily look as good as it could. So that is a bummer because there's plenty of PlayStation 3 um, titles that I would like to go back and play or that I never got to play. And um, it kind of sucks. And, you know, once again, I don't want to speak out of turn and get something wrong but i'm pretty sure the reason that they have to do that is because of the weird um console architecture that cell processor and shit that they used in the playstation 3 makes it really hard to emulate and so that's why specifically the playstation 3 stuff is streaming only right yeah well (laughs) at least demon souls got remade yeah. Yeah, that's a big one, right? Like there's there's some sort of weirder, more unknown JRPGs. Like there's one that I've always wanted to go and play is White Knight Chronicles 1 and 2. Um and I think those are on PlayStation now as of right now, but it's also streaming, so I've never gone through and played them. Um granted it may be it may be more enjoyable to play a turn-based RPG than a more twitchy action oriented game where you need super fast, accurate input lag. I'm planning on checking it out. Um, I need a game list. Like that's the thing that they haven't provided for us. And it's, it's just a couple months away. It's sometime in June that it's going live. I want to know what these PlayStation or these PSP PlayStation one and PlayStation two games are, um, that they're going to make available. Cause I've got a list, you know, like the for PlayStation Portable PSP, I want the Final Fantasy VII prequel game available, um, mm-hmm. especially considering that the Final Fantasy remake references stuff that happened in that game. Like, I think it would be a really good idea for them to make that available for people to play and why they haven't done a quick and dirty fucking cash grab remaster of that game for current gen consoles Mm -hmm. is beyond me like pretty crazy yeah speaking of uh remasters slash remakes um i heard that max Payne one and two were are getting remade (laughs) that was on my list to bring up buddy because that's a A game we've been fucking talking about i love it man i mean i recently had been playing max Payne 3 since they finally made it back compatible which was a long time coming if you ask me but uh the first two are almost unplayable yeah on console so the they really need, were in need of kind of an upgrade because i i really like the story in both of those games they're told really uniquely comic book um, style almost mm-hmm, like real noir hard-boiled stuff and actually good like the the dialogue or Inner monologue, I guess, is is what is happening. It's really good. Like it's just extremely well written. Like somebody just really bathed themselves in like the old, like Humphrey Bogart Maltese Falcon stuff. You yeah, know? and I'm really fucking happy for Remedy. Like that Me is too. a studio that I've enjoyed since the original Max Payne, and then they went on to do Alan Wake, and I liked that. <laughs> and it seems like they put out Control, and Control was really well received i assume sold pretty fucking well for them and they're really sort of on the come up in a big mm-hmm. way it seems where you know they've announced the alan wake sequel they uh released a remastered version of alan wake and now they're doing the remake of max Payne one and two in conjunction with rockstar what i hope it leads to is those remasters come out they're successful and then eventually we get a remedy slash rock star um, developed Max Payne four because it is a franchise that I'd like to see continue on that's been gone for a yep. little while. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's good, and they could even, you know, just make Max Payne four like a prequel or set it sometime before Max Payne three. Or so. it doesn't necessarily need to be a direct sequel or anything like that. Yeah, get know? crazy with the timeline like they do with fucking Street Fighter games, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, Street Fighter five takes place uh, before Street Fighter four. Um, and after Street Fighter 2. So it's before 3 and 4. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't need it to be completely linear in the timeline, yeah. right? Like, isn't Street Fighter 3, like, or maybe Street Fighter 5, but I feel like Street Fighter 3 might be the most, like, quote-unquote current one. It is. Street Fighter 3 okay. is the latest one in the timeline. Um, so what are some games... Um, before we wrap up, that you'd like to see on the um, PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus, whatever this service is that they're doing. Because I do have a list. Most of mine, unsurprisingly, are JRPGs. But I'd like, you know, you mentioned NBA Street 2. That would be fucking sick. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, I don't know. It's It's not something that I necessarily think of on the regular i wish like if i could actually download the old god of war games and not stream them that would be nice because i'd actually kind of like to play through those well, um the old silent hill mm-hmm. oh dude old silent hills would be awesome mm-hmm. now god of war one and two those were playstation 2 games right so you probably could yes. download those and then they have right. a playstation mm-hmm. 4 remaster of god of war 3 that you could get so realistically if they put God of War 1 and 2 up for download, not streaming, you could play through the original trilogy, and that is also something I would do. Um, nice. Um, the Persona games, the Def Jam mm-hmm. fight for New York. Oh, games, my God. Um, the, whatever Metal Gear Solids that that came out on those consoles. Mm-hmm. Ico is another game that I would like to, to play from those days. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's others, I'm sure, as well. Those are just off the top of my head. Those are just the PlayStation 2 ones. And, yes. you know, that's not even getting into PlayStation for 1 me, games. For me, <laughs> I would love Xenogears mm-hmm. to be available. I would love Xenosaga, the three Xenosaga games, which were, you know, sort of the spiritual successor to... Mm-hmm. Um, it was the spiritual successor that came between Xenogears and Xenoblade Chronicles. There was a trilogy of games called Xenosaga. I would love to be able to go back and revisit those. Suikoden, like I would love for those games yes. to be available. Oh, man. Vandal, oh. Vandal Hearts, please do Vandal, Vandal Hearts. Hearts. Please do oh, Vandal man. Hearts. I would, I would love that. Um, um, dude, like Dino Kingsfield. Crisis. Dino Crisis. King, Kingsfield, yeah, great. Good um, call. Armored Core, like these are some From mm-hmm. games that I would love to go and revisit now that I'm more familiar with From and their history. Um, yep. uh, I would love some of the PlayStation 1 and 2 Dragon Quests. I think that would be like Dragon Quest 7 and 8 maybe um, to be available. I would be really stoked for that. There's a, a really good uh, Metal Gear Solid PSP game. There is mm-hmm. some decent spinoffs. Like, I think there's a really good Uncharted PSP game. There's a lot of stuff out there that is not super accessible unless you have the older consoles. That's where the value right. in this is to me more than PlayStation 4 and 5 stuff because they've already said those big PlayStation exclusives aren't going to be day one releases like Game Pass. Right. Uh, now, if you're gaming on a gaming on a budget and um, you want to eventually one day, just if you, if you don't need to play the new God of War right away, like you're fine waiting for that to come to Game Pass, the PlayStation Game Pass, like what eight months later, you know, eight months to a year or, is what I would bet. Yeah, so if you're fine waiting on that, then then it's probably good for that kind of person, you know. Like well, yeah, I'm not or- a very patient patient person when it comes to that stuff so no there's always stuff right where i have to get it as soon as close to release as possible right i'm definitely that guy but there's also stuff that falls to the wayside because of other games or money or time restrictions where you know some 
some PlayStation exclusives that show up on this service later would benefit me and would allow me to check it out when I've sort of missed the initial hype period, right? Like, I like driving games well enough. I'm not going to buy the new Gran Turismo on release date. But if, you know, next summer there's a lull in new releases and the newest Gran Turismo is up on that service, there's a chance I download it and check it out at least a little bit, you know? So yeah. mm-hmm. I can see the benefit in that regard. Um, Me too. It, But once again, much like Game Pass, it all comes down to what's going to be available. And that's not, we haven't heard anything about that yet. So right. that's an important part of this whole thing. Yeah, and, and Game Pass, you know, also really brings good new games that you wouldn't normally otherwise hear about as well. Yeah, smaller like titles. Their, their talent scouts for that sort of thing are pretty on they are for what they they choose for that stuff and that's another thing that maybe the playstation will will do that as well maybe they'll have someone with a real good eye for the games they put on there Mm -hmm. um but we'll see that's going to be an interesting an interesting thing as well yeah i mean it was rumored for months before its uh actual announcement and it's one of those things you kind of always felt was going to happen like They've made, you know, they've had the PlayStation Now service for a little while, but like I said, it's hit or miss. And then they did like the P- PlayStation Plus collection on PS5 that had 20 or so really good games, highly curated list. You know, there were things like The Last of Us Remaster and God of War and oh, Horizon. Right. Bloodborne. And Bloodborne. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is really cool, but that was kind of just a small add-on to your PlayStation Plus subscription if you had a PlayStation five. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So and we had already played the vast majority of those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway. Right. Like if you were getting a PlayStation for the first time, cool. if that, if that was your first PlayStation, like that you had had since a PlayStation two, I mean, you want to talk about some content that they just hooked your fucking ass up with. That yeah. is a uh, pretty incredible. It's amount. like, not having uh it's not it's like you didn't have netflix for the entire run of like stranger things so far and then you get netflix and you're like oh boy do i have some catching up to do you know <laughs> yeah yeah or st- something with even more you know like a like something like seinfeld or uh mm-hmm. you know like something with a ton of episodes like i love stranger things but that's like you know not a super ton. You could you could burn through those in like three days. Yeah, yeah. It's only three seasons so far. That new season though, the trailer for the new season looks pretty sick. I'm hype. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, all right, buddy. Well, I think this worked out pretty well. I think so too. I uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely get a little more into the flow of it. Me personally, I think this is a little more new new for me, but I think it went about as well as as I think it could have. Yeah. So guys, listen, we're back. The, the, the episodes are going to be a little more uh, current, like meaning we're not going to be recording three or four episodes a weekend and banking them so Steve can make a huge life change. So <laughs> things will be a little more current and relevant. You know, the last episode you heard of our Elden Ring updates were both pretty early in the game. And now that a month has passed, I've almost beaten it and Steve is on his second character. Um. But, listen, if you want to send in a question or a voicemail, highpotionpod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast at highpotionpod on Twitter. Follow Steve at Stoned Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Um, Please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. When we hit 60 reviews, we're going to do another giveaway. And uh, gird your loins and prepare for the giant Elden Ring roundtable hold episode or episodes that we have coming up. Um, I really can't wait. Like, I think if this might be the podcast that I've been the most excited about since we've started. I know, man. And boy, I knew it was going to happen. We were saying all the time leading up to it, like, get ready. When Elden Ring comes out, there's going to be a lot of Elden Ring chat and to finally put a bow on that game and then be able to sit down with our little crew and talk about it is going to be fucking sweet. I can't wait. So, uh, I can't wait either. 
All right, buddy. I guess that does it for this week. Cool. Sounds good, man. It's good to hear your voice. Good to talk to you, buddy. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Ah!